0: Greetings, urban farmers, gardeners, and healthy food visionaries. Farmer Greg here, and welcome to the 562nd episode of the Urban Farm Podcast, where every day we work together to educate and inspire you to become part of your food revolution. Today on our podcast, we have someone who builds a relationship with his soil. We're talking with Benjamin Page about interacting with the earth. Benjamin, is a chiropractic physician and avid urban gardener who works in the wellness paradigm. Going beyond spinal care, he uses holistic approach as he helps his patients return to health by encouraging nutrition through chemical-free food, grown in fertile soils, adequate rest, sufficient movement, and the development of proper internal dialogue. Benjamin is the author of The Four Pillars of Health, Your Health and Well-Being Made Simple and Playing in the Dirt, The Key to Sustainable Health. He is also the creator of the Wellness Farmer podcast and Pastos Verdes Farm YouTube channel where he shares his journey gardening in his little urban garden. Welcome to the show today Ben, are you ready to rock?
1: Let's do this.
0: <laughs> Excellent. So I shared a bit about you. Can you fill in the blanks for us and share more about the path you took to get where you're at today?
1: Sure. And I think like most people it's a curvy path. I mean, when I was a young kid, I played in the garden with my parents. Back then I didn't I guess I wouldn't call it playing, I called it more work, but that's how we got my first my first taste of the garden and I've always loved helping people and I always thought Well, if I like to help people, why don't I help them with their health? So at the beginning, I was planning on being a medical doctor and going to underdeveloped countries, we can say, and helping people that just didn't have access to medicine. And that was my initial plan. And... Things kind of changed, and I started to study philosophy, and and I came to the fact that I really liked and was kind of raised with the chiropractic philosophy. So I kind of made a slight turn and went to chiropractic college in Davenport, Iowa, and that's kind of where the garden came back to me also. So there, while I was studying other things, I started to garden, and slowly I came back to what I call my roots because we've all gardened at least one time in our past – and most people don't have to go too far back. Uh, most people had gardens, well, their families at least, uh, mm-hmm. during World War II in the Victory Gardens. Uh, right. That's and it hasn't been that long. So most of us have gardened, at least our ancestors have, not too far back. And then so I, I went, I came back to my ancestral roots, and I started to, to play in the dirt. And oh my goodness, ever since then, I've just loved it, and I don't miss a season. It doesn't matter where I'm at or. It's, I've done it in different states in the United States, even different countries. I've planted gardens. And that's why I, I love speaking and and about the soil and the importance of soil in our health. It's, it's one of my main topics with my, with my patients.
0: Oh, nice. <laughs> I I've actually had several people on the podcast talking about creating healthy soil. And I think your book is a little bit different of a bend on that because it's... It, I'm guessing that your book is about our interaction with that healthy soil and the impact that it has on our
1: health. Exactly. Tell exactly. me more about so, that. So that's that's what, the book is focused on that. The book is focused on how, what the earth or what soil will give us. And it's funny how we have to give it so little, but it gives us so much. So in, in the book, I, I speak, I talk about, well, you'll read about eight ways in that by interacting with a soil and more importantly, a fertile soil. So a fertile soil will be a soil that's alive. So lots of microorganisms that'll give back to us. And really that's the only, for me, sustainable way to be healthy is interaction with the fertile soil. And not only us as humans, but as the earth too. I mean, if we're not interacting in a, in a positive way or building soil, earth becomes sick, and if the earth is sick, it's impossible for us to be healthy. It might not be from one generation to the next, but over time, as the earth becomes sicker and sicker and sicker, the human population will become sicker and sicker and sicker too. So it's very important that we are working with with Mother Nature and building her so not only does she become healthy, but we as a, as a species also, also is as healthy as possible. So that's the difference. Yeah, I mean, I do speak a little bit about how to build soil through compost, composting, but the book is, is mainly about how the earth is so important to our overall well-being and our overall health.
0: Well, and this, this is the question that I love to ask people that come on the show, and that is, what is healthy soil? And you mentioned, one of the things you mentioned is that there's life in the soil. Tell me about, what's your definition of healthy soil? And
1: Yeah, healthy soil is, is a soil that is alive. And that's not just one day to the next. It takes time and you have to build it. But a healthy soil is a soil that has the billions of bacteria and the billions of microorganisms that it needs so it can actually transfer those nutrients in the soil into the plants we're going to eat that's the problem many people don't understand that if the soil isn't alive those nutrients can't be transferred into the plant and the plant can't transfer those nutrients into the food that we'll eventually eat and so we'll have a nutrient poor food unless the soil is alive has lots of course we can't see that life the majority of it we can see some of those bugs but the majority of it, we can't see it so a healthy soil is a soil that is alive and it smells beautiful and it's moist and it's just a it's a wonderful feeling to to be able to sense that through all our five senses, uh, what, a, what a soil that is alive and healthy is all about. I call it black gold. and I mean, every time I ask my kids to go and help me with the black gold, they, they know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the compost. And then, so a lot of times I go, ooh, that's kind of stinky, the stinky stuff. And then I go out there and I show it to them. Well, the process, and the, and the fourth process is when it's it's so moist and it smells clean. It smells, mm-hmm. it's just a beautiful smell. I mean, it's hard, you can't explain the smell on with words you have to you have to try it and that is what a soil that is alive is it's it's it activates the five senses and it's and, it, and it's full of life
0: yeah and how do you fix unhealthy soil
1: just through the whole cycle of life so you take what you don't consume and you put it back into the soil so through composting so through composting we all need to be composting there's there shouldn't be nobody that's not composting the, their their organic waste um even it's the people that are even the people that are in balconies i mean you you put something on your sink and then you transfer that to your your planter boxes once you're once it's gone through its its stages but anyone and, in, and it's and there's so many people out there that say you have to have a certain amount of dry matter to wet matter like 30 to 1 and all those ratios and stuff like that but in the end nature knows exactly what she needs. (laughs) As long as you're, as long as you're doing your part by putting organic waste, of course, letting it get compost to a certain point, putting it back into the soil, nature will do the rest. We try to make it a lot more difficult than it has to be. Let's just do, our job is quite easy. And even not just in, in building soil, but building our own health, we try to make it too difficult. And it's, it's really, we have the easy part. I mean, our cells have the hard part, and then Mother Nature has the hard part. All we have to do is just return the surplus back to her, and she'll do the rest. So she's just come, just getting all that organic waste back to her, and she'll do the rest.
0: <laughs> wow, cool. And what do you teach your patients about the relationship between soil and nutrition?
1: Well, I'll give you the eight things that I explain in the book. I mean, because this is, this is what I tell my patients, and I basically took what I told my patients, and I researched it just a little bit more and put a lot more information into the book, but... I tell that through soil contact or by playing in the dirt is how I call it because we become as adults we become too serious we don't play enough so I'm trying to get people to get back into dirt and 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 think about it as playing because it should be enjoyable it's not it shouldn't be work of course it's tough and it can be hard and it's sometimes you don't get the results you want like here in my little urban garden. I must have bought five or six packets of lettuce seed that just are no good because I haven't had – I got three seeds to germinate out of six times trying these seeds in different ways. And I just – I mean, so sometimes it can be tough, but it's a learning process, and we're always learning. I mean – Uh, i can go back to my grandparents my grandparents have been gardening their whole life and i told him what you need to do is you need to write a book about all you learn he's like i'm 88 years old and i continue to learn i mean i don't know what i would write about it's like well you do have a lot of knowledge you should write that and he's like well i learn every year i learn something new with the garden so we're always learning and like i said i'm in that process too but the the book talks about how by being in contact with the earth it First of all, it makes our nutrition simple. We can talk about that a little bit more if you want to. It Also, I mean, by feeling her, like I said at the beginning, beginning our five senses, it, it heals us. I mean, just being out and experiencing her, it, it heals us. We can decrease all for, almost all forms of stress by just being out in nature and playing in the, in the dirt. It builds communities, and we're a species of communities. We can't, we can't thrive if we're not in communities. And I'm not talking about just virtual, I'm talking about real communities. I mean, virtual communities are really nice, but we have to have physical contact too. It helps us provide movement against our muscles and our bones. And if we're not moving, we're only more sick. So that's another great thing that it does. It it helps build our immune system. So our defenses against, I mean, foreign and domestic enemies, so we don't get confused. So a lot of those autoimmune problems that we're seeing a huge spike in is because we don't have an immune system that, that understands what's good and bad, so it starts going against our, our ourselves. Mm-hmm. But if we if we play in the dirt, I mean, we we help our our defenses develop enough where that just doesn't happen, or happens a lot less. It helps us stay in the moment. It helps us stay present while we're doing something good. So it's another it's another form of meditation we can say, and it also helps us. It protects us from the unhealthy electrical impulses that are all around us. It keeps us, and it also helps us, it, it maintains our natural electrical state by touching the soil, by touching earth. So those are those are the things I talk about in the book, and I explain them in detail. But that's what I try to teach my patients too. It's like, that's why it's so important to be, be in contact with the earth as much as we can, because it does all that.
0: <laughs> well, and, and interestingly, you say that, you mentioned to Janice in your pre-interview that Touching the ears decreases stress in three distinct ways. What does that mean?
1: Well, the first way that most people don't really think about is if you have a really stressful moment, like it is happening to, I mean, millions of people, maybe not a day, but a lot of people experience this. And most people, if you don't experience, you know someone that has a loss of a job. I mean, oh, that's a yes. super stressful, that's a super stressful moment. And I mean, especially have, this year. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're outside planning a garden, and you lose your job, you know you have food that you'll be able to feed your family with. And hopefully, we planted one last year and had a surplus. Where we were able to can it, and we have it bottled up. So you, that's just one less stress. So that's one of the ways we can decrease a stress in a stressful moment. Another way is, like how I was saying, through, through meditation, being present in the moment. So forgetting about all our anxious future and in our, in our, in our terrible past, but we stay present. And that helps decrease stress. And then, in other ways, through movement. Movement is pr- is one another great way to decrease stress. And there's some there's different times we're going to be moving in the garden. Like one example, I remember when I was in Las Vegas. I lived in Las Vegas, Nevada, so desert, and and I had to dig a lot of earthworks to make sure the water that came down stayed on that little piece of land that oh, I was right. that I was trying that I was trying to build into a what I called a paradise and never made it that far because I only was able to be there for three years but we had a good start but I had a I remember on the hottest day of the year that year I was out there with a pick and a shovel and a bottle of water and I was digging those those level ditches on contour those, I call it the swells and I remember by the time I was done I mean it felt like I had jumped into a pool. I mean that's the type of workout you can get while by playing in the dirt. At the same time you can just take a small shovel and, and and plant some plants. But as long as we're putting that calm or that or that rigorous movement into our bones and our muscles, that's a great way to reduce stress also. Yeah. So those are the three ways that you can reduce stress by just playing in the dirt.
0: Well, and playing in the dirt and gardening, I just as you were sharing about that, I have a third of an acre here in Phoenix and you know, over the past couple of months because of the whole covid thing I've been spending more time outside and oh, that's cool I love absolutely love that but in thinking about my movements there there's so many different ways that I move when I'm picking up something off of the ground or weeding or and so it it seems to me like it would integrate a lot of different kinds of movement into your body if you're out there gardening
1: oh yeah I mean it, it, if you use the pick and the shovel in its proper way mm-hmm. you're basically working your muscles from your your feet to your neck i mean you're getting a full body workout if you're using those tools in the proper fashion oh yeah and then and then you have other types of movement too and then yeah lots of lifting and the best weight out there what is it, it earth yeah, right <laughs> that, that stuff that stuff is heavy <laughs>
0: yeah that it is dirt and rocks are heavy for sure yeah So what effects does the soil have on our immune system? I want to know about that connection.
1: Oh, I mean, this is, this is so important. And most people nowadays have been raised to stay clean, clean, clean to uh, wash your hands. Uh, Well, I mean, you need to understand that if, I mean, if you're in a, in a pandemic and you're in an area that is, that's got something that's pretty nasty, when you get home, wash your hands, but. Once you're done washing your hands, go outside and play in your garden and then don't wash your hands (laughs) because there's no need to. But it's always put your shoes on before you go outside, all these things. But we should be doing the opposite. The more we're in contact with fertile soil, the more we're in contact with beneficial microorganisms or microorganisms that actually are training our immune system. So they're actually training this system so when there is going to be something that coming, we're going to be able to fight it off. We're going to be able to fight off. So the the more contact we have with microorganisms through with bacteria and viruses and all those germs that we call bad, it actually is making us stronger. And this should start at a very young age. Actually, this should this should start at birth. If we have a normal birth, when we go through the canal, the, the birthing canal. The first thing we come in contact with is the bacteria in the birthing canal. And then we come out of the birthing canal, out of the birth canal, we, re- we breathe air. What's in the air? Bacteria. We start to cry. We get cuddled in our mother's arms. What, what's on the skin of our mother? Bacteria. So the majority of our first experience in life is with bacteria, and it should continue that way too. And the best way to do that is by playing in a fertile soil. So it's not just for kids, but yeah, we need to get our kids out there dirty and, but adults too to maintain that because as we're going to see through what we're going through at the moment, all this clean, clean, clean and stay away from things is you we're going to see a lot more sickness afterwards because our immune systems have, have been knocked down so much because we're trying to stay away from all of this. But you no, know, fertile soil is full of microorganisms that actually build our immune system. So the more we're in contact with it, the the stronger we will be as, as human beings and and, and that's just – incredibly important today and and always that it's it's the opposite of what most people have been brought up it's a paradigm shift for many people that yeah. no no it's it's actually important to get your hands dirty if your hands are not dirty your your immune system is 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 weakened and it's like i said it, it should this should started at a very young age and i'm i'm actually very grateful i tell a story in the book about how when i was a kid we were always in the dirt i mean if we weren't helping our parents plant a garden we were out playing in the dirt and i and I'm one of those people that just don't get sick, and and I and I get it, and I can give it all back to what how I how I lived as a kid, how I was just always in the dirt, and it's it's beautiful to be able to to be able to say that I'm grateful for my parents and and the way re- they raised me in that in that way, but the more you're in front of fertile soil, the less sick you'll be.
0: Well, I, you know, I I've lived in Phoenix for fifty some years, and so I grew up here, and it's hot in the summer, and in the summertime we. And even a lot in the wintertime, we'd hang out in our yards in our bare feet. And I, I recently had a reporter show up at the house, uh, who'd been here many times actually, and he joked that every time he comes to the house, I'm in my bare feet in the front yard talking to people.
1: That is so awesome. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't recommend it. I couldn't recommend it more.
0: I well, mean And it does a I couple couldn't... things. It it connects us to the bacteria, but it also grounds us, right?
1: Exactly. Oh, exactly. That's that's such an important aspect that it's it's funny that we have to I mean just go back a couple of generations and that, that was kind of how we lived it was pretty right? normal mm-hmm. it, but nowadays it's so rare they have to give it a new word it's called earthing <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> I mean, you have, yeah you, well let's go out and earth like no let's just go out and be normal people <laughs> but being outside with your shoes and your socks off I mean your socks isn't, you can be outside with your socks on it still works but being barefoot is one of the best ways to to increase health and and there's various ways i talk about it in the book um one of the main ways is just decrease inflammation because of the grounding effect because of how the ground is naturally is naturally negative naturally full of electrons oh yes through through all of the i mean there's lightning strikes worldwide almost every every couple minutes so it's constantly has that new the new electrons and that negative charge will will go into us and 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 actually neutralize free radicals or inflammation. Oh, interesting. So the free, the free the free radicals cause a lot of the inflammation in our body. I could go into that if you want me to, but it's it's kind of a – but that's one of the ways by being grounded. Uh, we, just, we decrease inflammation by just walking outside barefoot. They recommend about 30 minutes. I say as much as you possibly can. I'm like you, especially in the moment where I'm living right now. Mm-hmm. I'm always barefoot. The only time I have my shoes on is when I have to go out into town. But as soon as I get home, shoes and socks off, off, and the rest of the day, I'm, I'm barefoot. And, and and you should, I don't know, if, you should see your feet, and, and you'll see how your toes are a little bit more open. Your big toe is, is pointing out, I mean, if you've done it long enough. And, and that's the natural foot. That's how we should be. You look at most people's feet, and all the toes are really close together because of the shoe. As we walk bare feet, those muscles will also become, to be, start to develop, and as they develop, a lot of the aches and pains go away too, because then we start walking with our natural we start walking naturally too yeah the the way we the way we walk is also unnatural nowadays due to all this the shoes that we wear,
0: yeah, can you hold on a minute? I'm gonna run out in my yard and walk bare feet, and then I'll be back.
1: <laughs> <laughs> make sure it's a half an hour at least <laughs> there
0: you go There's definitely a nutritional link to healthy soil. can you d- dig in a little deeper into that?
1: oh, yeah. I always talk about trying to make nutrition as simple as possible, and the most simple form of proper nutrition is grow your own food.
0: Uh, you don't, <laughs> you, don't have to wor- to that.
1: you don't have to worry about anything else. I mean, your body will do everything else. Your body will give you the nutrient in the amount it needs it when it needs it. All you have to do is worry about growing your own food. And of course, ninety the majority of us are not going to grow all our food. Get the rest of your food from somebody that's as local as possible and that is doing it the proper way. And if you do that, your nutrition is done. You don't have to worry about anything else. You have to worry about supplements. You don't have to do any of that. We as human beings, we assimilate food, not pills, not tablets, not supplements. Mm-hmm. We assimilate food. So if we give it the food that it needs, the nutrition it needs, it will do the rest. I mean that that's our hard part is is supplying it and it's a little harder nowadays because the food supply is
0: so depleted
1: we could could, yeah we could say that the food supply and the food i mean the way that food is just grown and we can't even call it we almost can't even call it food anymore we just call it a product it's very very unhealthy so to make it healthy and to make it easy just grow your own food yeah and like me that was that was five planter boxes in my backyard because i didn't have no dirt in my backyard and then i had a ten foot by ten foot square in between the street and the sidewalk. And that was me growing the food. That's how I built the majority of my community too. I would be outside planting the garden, preparing the dirt, and people would walk by and say, What in the world are you doing? And I'm like, I'm planting a garden. And then the almost always the next question was, Well, aren't they going to steal everything? It's <laughs> like, I hope not. But I would that's where I was and by being out there and playing in the dirt, I got to know the majority of my community and where I lived. And not mm-hmm. only that, I was able to help them. Because a lot of people came and asked me for advice later, like, "Hey, how do I plant a garden? How do I do this? How do I?" And I was able to explain it. Why we built this huge community, and some of the people were really neat. And I talk about one of the people that I got to know in the book, where he was taking care of his wife that was really sick, and he really wanted to plant a garden. And I told him how to do it, and he, he went home, and we, we we saw his progress, and it was really neat how he how he began to progress through through his trials by by growing a garden, but nutrition. Is made simple by growing and consuming what's most local and, and closest to you. Mm-hmm. And, and some, and sometimes, me, um, I believe personally believe that meat is a very important part of nutrition. There's some people that don't, but me personally, I believe that it's a very important part. And sometimes, to get the proper type of meat, I mean, you have to go kind of far. I mean, so if the if, the, if you have to get to know a rancher that's 200, 300 miles away to get that proper meat, I mean, that's well, that's that's your local meat. But try to get it as local as possible and in a way that you know they're growing or raising them in a humane, proper fashion. And nutrition is is simple.
0: Yeah, beautiful. In your phraseology, I noticed that you are kind of alluding to a particular word called permaculture. Have you studied permaculture? Do you know permaculture?
1: Yep. Yeah, that's it all. I mean, I think that's what got me back into the soil. It all happened in 2008. I was listening to a to a podcast that he said, permaculture I was like, what in the world is permaculture? So in 2008, I started studying and, and wow, I mean, that, that's, that's the toolbox that has really helped me
0: connect with nature, come,
1: come, come back to, yeah, come back and, and, and live with and treat nature how we should be treating nature. Yeah. I mean, permaculture has been a big part of my life since, like I said, 2008, man, so over 12 years and oh. it's, and it's, it's been through study and practice. I mean, I've never, yep. I've never done a, uh, a course, but it's just through Reading as many books as I can get my hand on, it, and then going outside and putting that into practice. Yep.
0: Mm-hmm. Nice. And you live currently in Argentina. How did you get to Argentina? Uh,
1: <laughs> that's yeah. We've been here for the last three years. Um, my mom's actually from Argentina, and we're we are in the city where my where my mom was born and raised. Uh, so wow. I have family here. I have family here in Argentina, and. And there's very few doctors of chiropractic here, very, very few. So we decided to try and, and, and start a practice down here where there's very few chiropractors. And at the moment, that's that's what we're doing. I, I work as a chiropractic physician and then, and then do everything else that I'm doing also, write books and podcasts and, and stuff like that. But we came down here mainly to, to open up a, a chiropractic practice.
0: Nice. Congratulations. That's quite an adventure, huh?
1: It it has been. Yeah, that's, it's, it's a long way from home.
0: (laughs) Tell me, tell me about your books.
1: So the book that's the, the, my second book playing in the dirt is, is what we're pretty much talking about here. It's, 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 it's how we can take ourselves an ecosystem of cells and work with mother nature, which is also another ecosystem. So if we work with mother nature it's truly the only key to sustainable health. And I explain how that is through those eight points that we talked about in this episode. And to me, it's, it's, it, it, it was a very special book because it's got a lot of personal experiences in it, too, of, of mine, my hard moments and some really fun moments and some neat moments of my childhood when I planted gardens with my parents. So it's, it's a book with a lot of information but has a little bit of me in it, too, and then it helps us understand the importance of us returning to the earth and how I say in the, in the subtitle, the, the key to sustainable health. Not only sustainable health for ourselves but for, for our home. Mother Earth. I mean, our only Mm. home that we have at this moment. If we build her, she builds us, and she gives back ten times the amount of what we put in. And then my my first book, the the four pillars of health, is is where I explain my philosophy on what health is. Like I, I did explain just a little bit how most people try to make health confusing or it's difficult, or you have to do. No, it's very simple. The hard part is us making a lifestyle out of health so health is a journey it never ends we're never going to yes. get to a finish we're never going to get to a finish line and it's it's a journey that it's a lifelong journey where mm-hmm. where we we make lifestyles and we live those lifestyles and if we live those lifestyles uh, our our health is it, just it's just natural it's just who we are naturally so if we look at our ancestors we don't see any we don't see hardly any sickness at all why because they lived in a way that was that was proper to who they were us as human beings were making it a little bit more difficult in these times but if we just go back and make it simple and i talk about how to make it simple so i talk about how you eat nutrient dense food grown in fertile soil without chemicals mm-hmm. adequate adequate rest enough stretching adequate movement uh, finding a coach I usually say a chiropractor because he understands the importance of the spine. That can help you and guide you in, in in your health goals. And then talk to yourself in a natural way. The whole mental aspect is is super super important. Oh, and now yeah. we understand now we understand how the now the internal aspect affects the the external, the physical. So the physical affects the mental, and the mental aspect affects the the physical. And then and then the spiritual affects both of them. I mean, so there's there's three types of health. And we all need to work together with those three. It's not just one. You can't separate the three of them. And the book explains how we can do that and make that into a lifestyle so we don't have to really worry about our health. All we have to do is worry about living certain lifestyles.
0: Nice. Well, in your bio, it says, and the development of proper internal dialogue I had something happen in 2004 you know that internal voice that says kept telling me I couldn't do things oh yeah I I literally I, I remember this I literally turned around and looked up at that internal voice and I told it to shut up because I had too much work to do to be listening to the crap that it was feeding me And and that was a pivotal point in my life when I changed my relationship with that dialogue from listening to it to basically being in control of it. And I'm a take on things kind of guy in my life. And one of the things that I did almost 20 years ago now is I created a goal for myself to do the P.F. Chang or the rock and roll half marathon here in Phoenix every year until I was the only one that had done them all and a few years ago i wasn't feeling well i hadn't trained enough and i verbalized out loud that i was thinking about not doing the half marathon and this voice roared at me it had become on my come on my side and i what i heard in my head was don't you dare stop doing it and it you know it was it's an interesting relationship to have with shall we call it the monkey mind
1: oh yeah I mean that is and I love your example because it, it shows that when you have the natural the proper because and I call it natural because we're born that way yep. we're born we're born speaking to ourselves that way. Mm-hmm. I mean it's it's pretty the problem is we kick down a lot in life and, and just life happens and, and then we start to speak to ourselves in in a no, in a not natural way right in the way that you were able to see that and then actually how it turned back into its natural form and said, no, you're gonna do this and you can do this it's just it's a beautiful example of, of how we should be speaking to ourselves but yeah I, in I go into in actually in my second book playing in the dirt I go into one of my own personal examples where I had a really really hard time also with my internal dialogue and it and it we could say I, I was sick internally because mm-hmm. I didn't just demonstrate any physical symptoms but internally I was a sick person because of the way I was speaking to myself yes oh you know, for sure
0: right wow well, thank you so much for all this great soil and gardening information.
1: Oh, it's it's my pleasure. I love talking about it and I love speaking to people. So it was it was tell. more than my pleasure.
0: <laughs> so I'm going to shift on you and I'd like for you to talk about a time you failed, how you overcame that failure and what you might have learned from it.
1: These are the things that, these are the first things that came to my mind. So these questions, this question, because um, I've had tons of failures and I guess you could say I've learned th- A little bit from each one. Well, I better have. I didn't, but my last failure was the book launch. I wasn't able to launch, (laughs) so I was I was I was supposed to launch my my second book, Playing in the Dirt, but I wasn't able to launch it because we talked a little bit before we got started that my house we got well my house the robbers entered into our house and and stole the majority of my equipment Mm -hmm. and they they stole all my launch material, which was four months of work. So they sold a lot of my time. And to me, not being able to launch at that time, I mean, of course, it's the failure feels like that I wasn't able to launch, but there were some secondary, there was other things that caused it, but it still hurt. It hurt quite a bit. And And what I'm doing to overcome that is... I'm slowly, day by day, taking one step forward, and I'm writing all the material all over again. So I'm not, the way I'm overcoming it is just one day at a time. One day at a time, I get up and I do what needs to be done.
0: Cool. And sorry that you got all that stuff swiped, but I suspect there's a, there's a gold nugget in there somewhere, huh?
1: I'm sure it, I'll look back and I'll say, well, that was supposed to happen, I guess. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> what do you consider your biggest success?
1: The first thing that comes to my mind is my family. We're definitely not perfect, we have our problems, but I don't know what I'd do without my family. I have a wonderful wife and two kids that are just beyond awesome. I mean that's that's what I would say. That's the first thing that comes to my mind.
0: Nice. And what drives you?
1: Having my alarm clock in another room. No, just joking. <laughs> <laughs> that's what no what drives me I love stoic philosophy and there's a there's one of the one of the quotes is, um so us as human beings were we made to sit to, to sleep under the covers or were we made to get up and work? No, we are made to get up and work. Um, that's who we are. Of course, we need some time to rest. That's what we have night and day. But during the daytime, that's just a time to work. And that's the time we get up and we do what needs to be done. We do what needs to be done. So I kind of live by that philosophy. During the day, it's time to work and I try to have as much fun as I work. But that's what I do. I get out of bed knowing that it's time to get stuff done.
0: You said something I have to emphasize it fun work having fun if you're not loving what you do and you're not having fun don't do it wouldn't you agree
1: oh yeah i totally agree i mean there's sometimes we just got to put our head down and and, and and get through some stuff but yeah we you need to have fun with what because nothing again it's a journey right? right there's there's no there's no finish end. there's no finish line there's nothing like okay i'm done with this now i can be happy no it's a journey um so we have to enjoy we have to enjoy every moment of it I mean there will be moments that are difficult and there'll be setbacks yeah, maybe, maybe some of maybe some of our own made it's maybe some made by other by other circumstances but but those are temporary and yeah. in its totality we should be having fun yep
0: nice and if you could recommend one book for our listeners what would it be and why
1: again the first thing that came to my mind was the obstacle is the way by Ryan Holiday that was one of the books that helped me understand that yep life is just something there's going to be hard times, but we can turn those into what is a blessing. Uh, and it's and it and it and it goes through. It speaks on how to do this through Stoic philosophy. But but there's going to be a lot of times that are difficult. But we can turn those into blessings. So we need to take those times and instead of looking why is this happening to me, what can I get from this, or what how is this going to make me a better person? And that's a book that helped me see that. I mean, I've I've I oh, always studied books and everything like that, but that's the latest book I read that I, that really opened my eyes.
0: Nice. And what final piece of advice do you have for our listeners?
1: I would say try and do as much as you can barefoot. Have fun on this journey called life. And while we're all here on this journey called life, let's play in the dirt as much as we can, because to me, that's the key to sustainable health and A sustainable human race, to tell you the truth.
0: Amen to that. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today, Ben.
1: Oh, it was a pleasure. I loved being on. (laughs) So,
0: how can we find you? How do our listeners get a hold of you?
1: There's two ways that I'll almost always get back to you pretty soon email, so Ben Page, there's two, no, pastos better this farm at gmail.com, and then me on Instagram, Ben Page DC. So, those are the two ways I'll get back to you. Any other way, it might take a little longer
0: perfect you can also find show notes from today's podcast at urbanfarm.org forward slash ben page
1: oh and also real quick my website how am i going to forget www.pastelsbetterthisfarm.com. <laughs> sorry about that
0: no that's perfect perfect perfect
1: we hope you enjoyed today's episode of the urban farm podcast remember to listen for tips advice and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming You can find us on the web at urbanfarm.org or send us an email to podcast at urbanfarm.org. In the words of Vincent Van Gogh, great things are done by a series of small things brought together. Be encouraged that with each lesson learned and skill developed, you are one step closer in the direction of your dreams.
0: Hey, Urban Farm Podcast listeners. If you're as passionate about preserving the bounty of each season as we are, hey, I canned my first peaches at the age of 18 and that was a long time ago. Then you're going to love what our friends over at Denali Canning have in store for you. They're on a mission to spread the love and knowledge of food preservation and they're inviting you to join the journey for free. Right now, Denali Canning is offering free canning lids to anyone who wants to dive deeper into the world of food preservation. Yes, you heard that right